I'm loving this cheap Caribbean.com vacation. Let's take a walk on the sand. Yes, and I'm craving some jerk chicken. Yes, and I want to go snorkeling. Yes, and did you see those pina coladas? I need one. Yes, and I want a mojito. Two are better than one. Yes, and there's a spot at the swim-up bar with my name on it. I get more food, more drinks, and more fun for less money. Get a next-level all-inclusive beach vacation at Ibero Star Hotels and Resorts. Book today at CheapCaribbean.com. On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, just like Deku sweeping through the streets, we are hungry for more action and storytelling. We're going to get to that and much more about these ads we have no control over. How insightful are you? Play the new Insightful Travel Trivia Game to find out. See how you compare against the world's leading destination experts on topics like art, history, culture, and more. With Insightful, you can win travel prizes each month so you can discover more of the world. Visit insightful.insidevacations.com to play and win travel prizes. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation, a conversation, and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts. I am Zuhair Ali. And I am Andrew Rogers. And we are back with another gut-wrenching, another emotional, another action-packed episode of My Hero Academia. I cannot get enough of the season. We were just talking off-air about how I feel like this could arguably be the best season so far. It started off with just mayhem, and it hasn't slowed down one bit. Do you concur with that? I think as a whole, 100%. Like, a whole best season, because... That's one thing we've talked about is My Hero Academia generally has these, you know, slow interludes that they'll throw in where, you know, we kind of recover from things, we see what's going on, and then we jump back into the action. Whereas, yeah, this season has just been nonstop. Like, even that hospital reprieve that we had at the start of this back half, it wasn't really a break because we were dealing with the fallout and the aftermath and Mm -hmm. people on the brink of death and some people dying. Like there was a lot that we had to unpack there that, yeah, no, it didn't slow down. And I could be convinced that it is the best season that they've done so far, but it's all good storytelling. And that's why I'm like, I could be, I need to be convinced because I can't think of a bad story that they've told kind of thing. Like they're all good stories. So up until now, I think my favorite has been uh, between two arcs because one leads into the other. And it's when they when they get attacked in the woods leading into All Might fighting all for one. Yep. That's been my favorite up to this point. And now I'm just like, ooh, this might be a new favorite. Yeah, I think this is uh, not this. Uh, the Save Airy arc has got to be my favorite because... Okay. I mean, I, I just love her. Aerie's great. And yeah. it, it's just it's such a great story because every single one of those episodes, you just have like a cliffhanger of what's going to happen next. And that's when we first get to see Sun Eater. We get to see mm-hmm. Le Million in full action mode. We get fat gum going hard. Like there's just so many extra bits and pieces of that arc that I, I think it may have been the most. I don't know if it was the most gripping because then you go to this season where the Mm -hmm. whole first start of this was just chaos after chaos after chaos. Yeah, it's not much of arguably, you know, we talk about how incredible the show is. This week's episode was just as much up there, but we do have a couple of other things to talk about first. Uh, A few weeks ago, I did this little 10 minute episode about 
the Sword Art on Light movie that hit theaters. So we got some feedback about that from TJ Stafford. Also, if you guys haven't noticed, our feed has been quite busy this week. Uh, we had this wonderful weekend last Friday of watching Demon Slayer and then Attack on Titan and then the new episode of My Hero Academia. So we have like four episodes dropping in the span of this week. Uh, it's a very exciting time to be an anime fan. There's a lot of news on our Bad Batch episode. There's a lot of news on our Attack on Titan episode. Nothing is really hit between when we recorded that and when we're doing this. So if you guys just like to drop in for our news update, that is the place to do it. So moving on, we have our email from TJ Stafford. By pure coincidence, I'm actually in the middle of SAO Rewatch right now. Just started Alicization. God, it's such a good season. Anime films don't usually make it out to Hillbilly Hills where I live, so I have to wait until they reach streaming. So I saw the first progressive film, Aria the Starless Night, the other day. Since the original series is fresh in my mind, I believe that this series of films is somewhat retconning the early relationship between Kirito and Asuna. In the original show, the impression that I got was that they had never met before the first boss raid on Floor 1 and little more than a casual acquaintance in the early days of SAO. Then their relationship slowly developed from there. But Arya of a Starless Night says they had met earlier and that things between them had developed quicker. It's not a direct contradiction of facts. It seems to deviate from the feel of the original, which is a pretty common thing with prequels. I'm not sure when the newest film will make it to streaming. Still waiting on Dragon Ball Super Superheroes. But I look forward to watching it. Sword Art Online is a favorite of mine. Has some issues with it that just barely keep it off my Mount Rushmore. But I still have a lot for it. A lot of love for it, excuse me. I'm glad we're still getting content, even if it's few and far between. Thanks for coming to the movie, and I hope I can see it soon. TJ Stafford. Funny thing happened this week. Oh, do tell. I'm watching Hot Ones on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) He's interviewing Gabriel Iglesias. Apparently this episode came out like six months ago from the time of recording this. My roommate's watching it. Just happened to be downstairs. And the host... This mofo asks, what is your Mount Rushmore of animation? Needless to say, I flipped the fuck out because I was like, that's what I've been saying since the podcast started. Granted, I don't watch Hot Ones that much. It's only like when my roommate has it on. So it's like, maybe this is something that he said before that I have subconsciously heard and like brought it to the podcast, which is almost two years ago. Yay for early anniversary. But if you guys watch (laughs) Hot Ones, is this a thing or am I just... Like, going crazy. Because that really pissed me off when I saw it. And I almost, like, added them on Twitter. Like, you sons of bitches. Like, if you're fans of the show, like, tell me. Like, we can talk. I didn't need to find out this way. Write me some feedback. (laughs) Give us a five-star review. Like, it didn't have to be this way. So, before I do something stupid and at them, let me know if I'm missing out on something here. In regards to... flounder. No. (laughs) No. It could be funny. No, it's only funny for you. In regards to Sword Art Online, yes, the show does have problems here and there with just some choices that they make. But overall, action, sound design, story, emotion. Good God, this is probably one of the best like relationships I've ever seen between Kirito and Asuna. Like, like top five couples ever type of relationship. Beautiful show, a beautiful movie. I just love this franchise so much. Enjoy Alicization because it was so gut-wrenching. Just fantastic story with so much emotion. Um, it, it, same thing. I think I do need to make like a honorable mention list for my Mount Rushmore because there are a few things 
they just kind of linger there. Um, so thank you for the email. Absolutely love everything about that story. So now we'll move on to My Hero Academia. We have feedback from what I believe is a new writer. I'm not sure if you've actually heard from him before. So welcome to talking to us on the show. We talked about some stuff last week that we were uncertain about. And Mr. James Ellis is here to correct us. Yes, so James wrote in and said, For the Manchester Smash, Deku started using it after he switched to shoot style and began using his feet more. Also, I think he used Manchester because it's a reference to football leagues in Europe. Great podcast, guys. I enjoy listening to your thoughts because you guys think of things I would never focus on. Well, thank you for... uh, (laughs) I... kind of feel like an idiot i I will say james you did a great job with that because like that makes perfect sense that it would be manchester for man U. like that's the one Uh, like uh, 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 uh. i'm a manchester city fan bud oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i am not going to claim to be a football fan i'm just saying (laughs) that that makes perfect sense um but i again thank you for writing in and i appreciate the compliment of you saying that our nitpickiness and our arguing over the little details is teaching you something. It, it's uh, it's always nice to know. <laughs> we have some value to our chaos. Let's see if we can teach you something new for this week. So let's get into the synopsis of this episode and let's get to talking about it. Because it was a good one. Yes, it was. And the synopsis for this week's episode 22 titled Friends. Deku and the top three heroes, plus the Lurkers, confront All for One at his hideout in Hyburi Woods, only to find it abandoned. A recording left by All for One taunts Deku for his failures, telling him it's his turn before setting the mansion to explode. The heroes escape and reconvene to discuss their options, due to the dwindling amount of heroes left available. Meanwhile, Deku swiftly deals with the second hitman, while All Might desperately attempts to convince him to rest. Deku believes that since he can practically use all for one for all at 100% without backlash, he doesn't have to watch over him anymore, and All Might can only look at look on devastatingly as Deku flies away, leaving him behind. Over the next several days, Deku proceeds to tirelessly travel through the city, saving whoever he can, ignoring the heroes and one for all's predecessor's advice to take it easy. Because of this, Deku starts taking on more monstrous appearance, with civilians scared of him and rumors going around that he is a Nomu, yet he refuses to stop, all so that he and everyone he cares about can smile again. He begins to collapse in Kamino, where he confronts another hitman, Dictator, who uses his quirk to attack Deku using nearby civilians. Due to being too tired, Deku is unable to fight and is swarmed by the mob, until he is saved by Bakugo, who knocks Dictator out. After... Having received Deku's letters, Class 1A figured out that Deku and All Might were working with Endeavor and use Nezu to summon him to the school to confirm this. Nezu's the principal for everyone who also forgot what his name was, (laughs) as I was trying to figure out who that was. They state their desire to help their classmate in his moment of need, and Nezu approves of them going out on the streets to bring him back. Class 1A confront Deku who refuses to give in and demand that they get out of his way, preparing to fight. So good. Like, there was a lot of amazing stuff that happened with the action stuff in the class at the end, but one part of the episode that brought me to... I I say this every week, that the show brings me to tears, because it actually does. It knows how to break my heart. But All Might having to chase after Deku with his little bento box and tripping and dropping the food we talk about like his 
helplessness, specifically specifically when Endeavor had to fight the Nomu and then the beginning of this season. Because he's so used to being powerful. He's so used to being the number one hero and being able to help in an instant and bring the smile to these people's faces. For him to have this hopelessness and uselessness is just so heartbreaking to watch because you know how much being a hero means to him. You know how much fulfilling the promise that he made to Deku's mom means to him and how much he cares for this child and for his well-being and just how much like he would rather give his life than watch Deku go through this. That scene alone freaking shattered me, dude. Oh, yeah, and that scene specifically is one of the amazing storytelling notes that we talk about this show always having. Um, The biggest gripe that so many of us get out of, you know, comic book shows, movies, superhero, whatever, is the whole, I have to save my identity. No one can know. I have to go on this journey on my own, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And it's like, I did it to save you. I, I didn't want you close to me. I love the through line of this, that Deku is legitimately trying to protect him because he knows the future. He knows that Endeavor is supposed to die due to the, you know, forecast. Endeavor. All Might, thank you. That All Might is supposed to die due to, you know, seeing it forecasted in front of him. Like, he knows that this is here and he's trying to change fate actively by doing what he's doing. So having All Might realize that and then still being willing to do everything you said, put himself on the line, run after him, stumble and fall was just, oh my God, it was powerful. Like that's the the best words that I can use to describe it because yeah, I, I couldn't have imagined anyone else putting forward that effort in the same way that this man so obviously cares for Deku. And we were talking about how we were so excited that like Deku was able to talk to the other what was the word? Vestiges? Yes. Yeah, that he was able to talk to the vestiges and he's learning from that. And they're giving advice and stuff. And like so quick, he was just like, all right, I'm done with you guys now. Like, get out of my head. I got stuff to do. The way that he brushed them off is like, I I talked about in the, the short episode that I did about how we we've seen Deku. Like, he's very intelligent, but... In a lot of the situations that he ends up in, it's very emotionally driven. Like, we know power-wise he's capable of doing it. We know willingness-wise. But, like, there's still, like a, like, a scared part of him, right? There's a lack of confidence in him. And it's sheer emotion that drives him to do what he does. This arc, the Dark Deku arc, is the most that we've seen him with confidence. That he's able to do this, he can do it. And now let's get to the point where he's overconfident. Which right. we're seeing in him not eating and collapsing and to the point where he's actually getting beat up by these civilians that are being controlled by uh Dictator. Dictator, thank you. Um and he's like, Oh, I can come up with a plan. I'm gonna solve this. We're gonna figure it out. I'm good to go. And now that we're in this tension arc of his classmates are trying to bring him home and he was like <sighs> guess i'm gonna have to kick y'all's asses now oh yeah like that moment of just seeing so so much of how far gone he properly was it it was a very like batman and robin feeling situation of like hey i gotta bring you back to humanity here you need to see the people that you are you know hurting by doing all of your actions because like the one thing that i thought to myself was Deku forgot the one thing that was truly motivating him this whole time 
to save people and make them smile. Like that's been his motivation from the start. That's been the thing that he has said since he was accepted into UA. He hasn't forgotten it. He said it in this episode. But he forgot that he has to smile too. Think about that scene with All Might where he's coming over and he's like, don't worry, I am here, has that big grin on his face. And now Deku isn't seeing that. And I want someone to show him that again because like, I think that's going to be the key thing in his mind to like see himself and be like, wait, this isn't what All Might would do. I love that you said that because when the the classmates show up and they show that wide shot of everybody there, it's next to the statue of All Might that says I'm not here. Yep. Like that- incredible placing. Mm-hmm. And, and your sentiment just now just like amplified how incredible that was even more. And then you got a smiling Bakugo, which we always love. Oh my god, he's a menace! He's like, I get to kick your ass now? Let's go! I've been waiting for this. so freaking ready to go all out on him. Oh yeah. I I want to read into this. Bakugo's smile in this cockiness and Inosuke hanging off of the ceiling has been the highlight of my week. (laughs) (laughs) They're the same but opposite ends of the intelligence (laughs) spectrum. Like... It's the same eagerness. I but love both those characters so much. F- feel free to jump in on this one because I feel like there's some significance to it, but I can't put my finger on it. I think this is the first time we've seen Bakugo like in the field without his mask on. Like there was something that triggered in my head to be able to see his whole face. Oh. Yeah, it took me a second. I was like, what looks different about Bakugo? And it's I think he might be wanting to show Deku his face and be like, Hey, idiot, remember me? Remember the guy who isn't wearing a mask right now? Your best friend that's standing in front of you? Um, I don't know if you can give me any more, but it was one of the big things that I took immediately when like Bakugo showed up, besides throwing my hands in the air, being like, they found him! <laughs> I couldn't put my finger on it. I didn't know why he looked so different, so I don't think I have anything too profound to add to that. Um, maybe it could be that because resources are limited, he just hasn't gotten a new mask yet after almost dying. What could be weeks ago? Uh, it's amazing he has his gauntlets. Maybe those just didn't get shattered, or they built a backup pair for him. I am curious of the timeline. You are bringing up a really good point with that because, yeah. like, has it been weeks? Has it been months? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like in our synopsis, it says over the next several days. So I want to say that at least weeks have gone by. But it would be nice if they said like, like in the next episode, Bakugo, if you could just say like, it's been. Yeah, you slid those notes under our door six (laughs) weeks ago. Could you just slide that one in? (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Uh (laughs) Writers, if you're I'm very grateful if you are listening, but if you're listening, just give us a little hint. Give us a sign. Yeah, just <laughs> throws up at the beginning of the episode just a subtitle for animation deliberation. It has been this long. Show us you are here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but honestly, the whole I didn't expect the whole class to show up. I don't know about you, but like I was jumping. I, yeah, I was amazed. It, it was such a happy moment of like they're here for their friend. Like, let's go. Because I think it was also crazy that there was the moment in the principal's office where you had the big guns talking, you know, Todoroki talking to Endeavor, being like, hey, I need to help Deku. Bakugo obviously leading the charge. Uraka, you know, 
being the heartfelt one. But to have these side characters that I'm not even going to remember their names right this moment um, in Grape and Tape and Minetta. thank you, Minetta I don't tape. tape. Yeah, but like them being the ones that scrambled for the GPS being like, I don't care. I need to help him. He's one of us and um, animal control one as well. Like these three side characters that mean something to us. The fact that they are, you know, risking their own and saying, nope, we need to help Deku was just uh, the power behind these students. And then having Nezu back them up was also like, he that's right. He still is a student that needs to be protected. All right. Jiro is animal. Uh, Jiro's animal? Oh, excuse me. Um, no, Jiro was... Siro uh, is tape. Siro's tape, yep. And Coda is animals. Excuse me. Mm. It's interesting the order that they put this in. I'm wondering if this is like the order of importance on Wikipedia, which I can kind of see it. Uh, who's at right. the beginning of the list? Who's at the end of the list? Yeah, well, see see if you argue with this order. I'll go through it real quick. Midoriya, Bakugo, Uraraka, Ida, Shoto, Kirishima, Asui, Yairozu, Mineta, Kaminari, Jiro, Tokoyami, Ashido, Aoyama, Shoji, which one's Shoji? Oh, the organs. Sero, Ojiro, Koda, Sato, which one's Sato? Sugar Rush. Sugar Rush, yep. Uh, and then um, Toru. Hagakure, the it- invisible one. It's mostly order of importance. Um, I think the only ones that I would argue is that you put uh, Mineta above our boy Kaminari. Like, how dare you? Uh, (laughs) He should be near the top with all the others. But that's definitely an order of importance kind of list. Yeah, I think Tokuyami, Jiro, and Kaminari, it's like they're in the right area, but I I don't know how I would shuffle them up. But yeah, that's pretty interesting order. (laughs) Yeah, Tokuyami's up there. I think he'd probably be the number one of that group. Oh, I thought it was really interesting. Um, I can't remember who was upset. But it was along the lines of like, they're your like the group that teamed up are your teachers. And it was interesting seeing Bakugo as genus student and Tokoyami as Hawks and then Todoroki as Todoroki. Shoto to... uh... Endeavor. I can't remember his first name off the top of my head. He doesn't um, have a first name. He's just Endeavor. Endeavor. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I thought that was interesting how they just kind of pointed that out. Like, hey, the three people that teamed up, like, you guys are affiliated with them. H- how do you get in touch with them? And they're talking about, like, they just keep ghosting us now. Yeah. Although I, there was the moment that um, Endeavor wouldn't answer his phone and Hawks picked up his. Mm-hmm. I, for a second, I thought Shoto called Hawks to be like, hey, I, I want to. <laughs> It's just like what an override. That would have been so good if he, he just like tosses in his phone. You. Yeah, endeavor it's phone for you. I'm glad we were on the same page with that. Yeah. <laughs> I found that right away. I was like, man, this guy, what he's got all the contacts. Move. <laughs> Dude, <sighs> Mount Lady being is like her voice now because she's like the sassy, energetic one in her team for her to just feel so out of it rightfully so 
Yeah. But for her to, but the, like the way that she was carrying herself in this episode, it's like, do you need a hug? Are you okay? Yeah. Don't well, think you're okay. Getting to see, so it was referred to in the synopsis as the lurkers. It was just the other heroes that were with them, and it was Mount Lady, Ed Shot, and Kamui Woods, which are pretty much like the only ones left to see the way that they were all carrying themselves. I don't think we've ever seen Ed Shot being so reserved. Like he seemed like he didn't want to be doing much of anything. Like you said, Mount Lady seemed like she needed a hug, and Kamui was just like barely hanging on. Well, you also had these scenes of other heroes that we knew well throughout the show, or at least have seen throughout the show, hanging up their gloves and retiring. I can't remember the one, the one hero's name. I can't remember, but he was in the first episode. He was the one that like arrested the guy during the um, raid on the mansion. Like it was a big character. That was like a motivation to Deku that we got to see suddenly having to hang it all up and be like maybe i wasn't cut out to be a hero not even oh things are getting bad i need to get out of the way having such self-doubt after doing so much to help so many people it's just crazy to see the everlasting effects of this single thing that Daki has done like it's all his fault is it Daki or dobby it's dobby i'm thinking of demon slayer the one Um, thing that dobby has done Death Arms was the na- the one that we saw when he was yes. in his locker and he was, you know. Oh my you know. god. It the was other just... one that was, uh, it's Yorui Musha. He was the number nine hero. Like, we didn't see him in action at all, but it was the one that they gave him shit for in an early episode for retiring because he just didn't want to be a part of it. Oh, yes. That's right. Yeah, it, it's just. Like number nine. Yeah, like that's high up there. And. Honestly, how many of the like remaining ten are even left, or still rather still working and in commission kind of mm-hmm. thing? Because you have uh, like Mirko, she's not working right now. She's number four, so she'll be back at it in no time. Oh yeah, she'll. It, it's one of those things. I'm confident she'll be back. I'm confident Aizawa will be back. Still don't know about Gran Torino. I'm trying to find the current list. Oh, here it is. Um. Yeah, so we don't have a number nine. We don't have a number eleven. So it's Endeavor, Hawks, Best Genius, Edgeshot, Mirko, Comley Woods, Wash, and then Ryuchi. wait. <laughs> Wash is in the top ten. Uh huh. Let's go, Wash. <laughs> this whole time, this mysterious Wash has been ultra powerful with their bubble beams. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mount uh, Gang Orca's number twelve, Mount Lady's twenty three, and Fat Gum is fifty eight, and then everybody else doesn't have numbers. That's right. Who's Takeshita? He looks like Hawks. Don't Anyways. read ahead. <laughs> you never know what a spoiler is going to be, but yeah, it's it, it's it was, animated. That's why I was like, mm-hmm. okay. You know, it was just a lot of uh, a lot of things to see and a lot of emotions to process, like. Deku, as much as he is the main character of this episode, was such an insignificant part compared to everything going on around him. For sure. Like, we haven't even talked. I I don't even know if there's much to break down in that hideout where he talks to All for One. It's interesting how much that scene is like just haunting him now and definitely influenced like why he's being so reckless, especially with his own health. That's not what his mom would want for him. 
Yeah, so I don't know if there's too much to break down, but I it's it's interesting how they put such a small moment in there and it's bothering him to this extent. Yeah, I think that's what it is, is there's almost too much to break down to the point that there's not enough to break down, that like it takes a lot to get a person to be that far gone, and he's just there. Like yeah. he, he just took the dive off the cliff because of what All for One did. So Yeah, man. I don't know if I have anything else. I'm really excited for the Saturday's episode. It's it's gonna be a wild showdown because the I don't Uraka knows about probably the most quirks. Float Well at this she point, was helping him out with that black at, whip and then the strength, obviously. At this point, I think they all know. It's going to be a fun surprise. I was about to say, at this point, I think they all have the shared information of the same amount of knowledge, but there's the extra ones of danger sense of, um, you know, what else that they don't know about. Yeah, they don't know about smokescreen. They don't know about danger sense. They definitely don't know about kinetic energy. I can't remember what it was called. I didn't want to butcher it either. That's why I went back. I was trying to find it in the notes. Well, I know, I know it's storage of kinetic energy and release. Mm -hmm. I just, there was a really interesting Fajin. I'm like, there was a specific name. I was like, I don't want to be that asshole that just throws out two words. (laughs) And then there's still, still at the end of the day, we don't know what one of the user's quirk is. So that's the number two user, right? Yep. It's a number two. We still don't know. We saw him interacting now. Oh, this might be the reveal of it. Oh, I have to imagine Deku is going to like, hit his breaking point and it's going to appear and there's going to be some thoughts. I know I've mentioned this in past episodes, but like the intense blue dot glowing eyes that all might has that we're seeing in Deku's mask. I love it so much. It is such a creepy look. Oh yeah. Like the long fingers and the way his, like the toes of his boots have just like torn up so they look like claws mixed with yeah the mask and the eyes it's it's a terrifying look like i i'm kind of concerned for the amount that the internet was like excited for this side of deku because i'm i'm scared yeah (laughs) it's i like that we got the confirmation too that because of the gauntlets he can't use the air force yeah that he doesn't have those anymore yeah so it's 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 fascinating coming back to how much equipment matters to these heroes. Oh yeah, I mean without his red bracers that he has now, mm-hmm. um, he'd definitely be a lot weaker than he is. So because that helps him get to forty five percent, I think something like that. Yeah, but just helps his arms from breaking. Yeah, okay. don't go breaking those anymore. Your mom will be very very upset. Don't go breaking your arms. <laughs> I couldn't if I try. <laughs> uh, on that note, I'm not sure if I have anything else to add. No, that's a that's an amazing note to end on, <laughs> and we're gonna end it there. Um, yeah. Besides that, plugs for the week is like Zuhair said. Check out all of our podcasts. We are doing so much over the course of this week. So if you're interested in any of it, go give it a shot. Um, like he said, there's new. Our big news section is at the start of is it Attack on Titan or Demon Slayer that we did it at the start of. I think we did a little bit on both. I could have swore we reserved it to one of them so that we could point the listeners in one specific uh, direction. Slayer. Okay, so yes, if you want the big news, there was a bunch of news this week uh, at the start of our Demon Slayer episode. You could totally check that out. Um, even and we tend to stay pretty 
spoiler free throughout that news section. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to go see Demon Slayer in theaters yet, don't. The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. It's electrified. Boogie, boogie, boogie. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie into the forest. Boogie. Boogie, woogie, woogie through the mud. Or boogie, woogie, woogie to work, where you boogie, woogie, woogie down the hall to your boss's office to tell him you quit. Then you boogie, woogie, woogie to the elevator as he boogie, woogie, woogies after you, begging, please, take me with you. The electrified Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is the registered trademark of FCA US LLC.